The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. On this episode of This League, we are deconstructing one of my favorite drafts in the NBA in a long, long time. Lots of movement uh, all around the draft. Lots of movement uh, in terms of getting contributors right now. Uh, surprises, trades, lots of mistakes, some interesting reaches. Uh, yeah, we look at the Russell Westbrook to L.A. trade, and we also have some news about the podcast itself. So go ahead, Marty, and drop that Mickey Mouse ass beat. Let's uh let's get care of some some housekeeping. There has been comments about the podcast and some of the changes already. People are confused. Hey, is this podcast five minutes now? Is it three minutes now? What is going on? Why is the Spotify feed this way? Why is the Apple feed this way? So it's time to just update you about what's happening with season two. There is now a change in our episodes in our podcast feed. We're about to enter season two of this league. And we are excited to announce that there are changes. Um, there are people, of course, that want real episodes. They want their meat. They want their potatoes. They want their greens. They want all of it. And then there are other people who are like, fuck the greens. I just want the dessert. I want your fucking takes. And the show is for sure about all of it, but it's about the takes. It's about opinions. So we're shortening the length of the full episodes that are dropping Monday and Friday. They're going to be much more digestible on the big lead, the big story of what's going on in the NBA, or it could be something that's more evergreen, uh, more deep dive. For example, we talked about why the Utah Jazz were the best uh, team in sports gambling. Maybe the episode would have been about that, right? So we're on like a singular topic or maybe like this NBA draft show. We It might be a mishmash, but it's probably not going to be. And then we're going to have more flexibility to drop takes. We're going to drop Bite size, three to five, well, we'll call it two to seven minute short episodes throughout the week on a singular topic, mostly driven by opinion or hypotheticals or answering questions from fans. So we're going to be giving you more content. There's more flexibility in what we can do. There's also more flexibility in me living my goddamn life so I can <laughs> do this from other places and I'm not stuck in New York City in the middle of the fucking summer when I want to go to Aruba or Antigua or wherever the fuck I want to go. Uh, but that means that every day, Monday through Friday, you will get something on the feed. So that's fucking dope in my opinion. You don't have to wait for breaking news till Friday if it drops on Tuesday. I might just come in and just drop it that day which means you get fresher content, more content, better content. So please keep checking the Apple and Spotify feed, depending on which one you like. Uh, also, in the comment section of Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, wherever you watch us, YouTube, or listen to us, uh, answer what else type of content that you want in these little takes, hypotheticals, questions, whatever. And we'll continue to answer them so that we can give you more of what you want. All right. So now that that little piece of housekeeping is done, uh, let's talk about the draft. Winners, losers, I think that's probably the most interesting way in breaking that down. Do you agree, Marty? Oh, yeah, definitely. All right. First takeaways. Um, first of all, we need to talk about the Russell Westbrook trade. So okay. the trade details, let me start there. Russell Westbrook trade to the uh, to the Lakers first. That happened before the, tr the, uh, the draft even took place. 
that was first glance for you, Marty, was what? When you saw that trade, what did you think? Uh, a little bit of surprise. I mean, like Westbrook wasn't someone that I was thinking about, you know, being in the mix with a contender uh, like I think a, a lot of other people. But the more I thought about it, I mean, they're offloading Kuzma sucks. KCP, who is what he is. Uh, I kind of weirdly like it. Like, I mean, I, I, I don't think like come playoff time, like that's going to be, you know, a guy that they're going to look to, to like get a bucket late. Right. And really make a difference like in games. But I think it takes like a big load off of LeBron, like especially in the regular season. And I don't know, it could be a great move and it could be kind of a meh move. That's kind of how I feel about it. To me, I would tend to agree in some ways. One. Let's start. Let's start with uh, positivity, because I normally lead with negativity because that's where my brain immediately goes. But we're going to start with positivity. I really think Russell Westbrook adds a level of defensive intensity, incredible outlet passing, the ability to rebound, be athletic, another defensive piece to two other guys who are also athletic fucking freaks, right? Like you said, it gives LeBron James the ability to play 82 games and not have to bring the ball up. Is he a true point guard? He is not. He is not. But I think you really do add a level of dynamic playmaking. I saw some highlights of Russell Westbrook throwing these fucking insane quarterback-like lobs to these dunks, and I can see Braun rim-running. Or AD rim running and Russell just passing dimes. Also, if you are a mid-tier shooter, middle-of-the-road shooter, you are going to become a great shooter because you're going <laughs> to get so many fucking open looks, it's going to be absurd. They don't even need anyone to that. They don't need to pay anyone of note because if you can shoot open threes in the corner, that's what you're going to get a lot of. Yeah. Because otherwise, they're just going to destroy you in the paint. I think they're going to make a lot of other moves in free agency. Like, I think their roster is going to look, you know, just completely different. Uh, they well, offload- I mean, they only have four contract players. R- right, right for sure, yeah. obviously. But, uh, like, I mean, I think right now, like, you would slot, like, Horton Tucker in the starting line. He won't be their starting two. So, yeah, no, I think it'll be interesting to see who they surround these guys with, for sure. To me, it's interesting because Jeannie Buss is like, I don't care about how much I have to pay. The Lakers' three guys are making $113 million right now. That puts those three guys alone, put them over the cap. Right. So every player that they decide to add to this roster will put them into a luxury tax situation, right? So they're going to need to get a bunch of cheap guys. They got 12 more guys, and they're probably going to make like $2, 3000000 million all of each of them, right? So I don't, I don't know how much flexibility they have to go out and get someone like DeMar DeRozan now. Uh, I, I mean, don't he think has, much. He would have to take a serious hometown discount, which he might, but like probably not. Like maybe he decides I'll, I'll make $8 million, but that's really <laughs> like $30 million now that there's a luxury tax situation. So, okay. So those are all the positives that I have for this trade. Now, the negatives are this. Did Rob Palinka need to do that trade on draft night? Was anyone checking for Russell Westbrook, who makes $40 million a year? Did anyone, is anyone going after and targeting Russell Westbrook and saying, we need him for our team? No. Is there a place that we know Russell Westbrook wants to go, which is his hometown? Yes. Did you need to give up the 22nd overall pick to get him? My guess is no. My guess is probably not. Is that meaningful? Probably not. Right. But what it says to me is that Rob Palenka doesn't really care about the fit as much as he cares about being first. He wanted to make a big splash on draft night. He wanted everyone, to, which we are. It's the top of the fucking show, is it not? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, absolutely. Top of the fucking yeah. show. Everyone's talking about the Lakers. Everyone's talking about Rob Palinka and this move that he pulled off. And like the move, you got rid of Kuzma and KCP. Congratulations. And Harold. And Harold. Which, like, okay. Yeah, Her- I mean, Harold wasn't even getting minutes. As much as I like like him and he still think. He had to opt into that, though. Right. No, no, no. I know that. But as much as I still think he's has a fairly bright future in the league. I really 
don't think they gave up really anything to get a guy that I think really changes the dynamic of their team. So I don't I don't think it was a bad deal by Polinka. I don't think it's a bad deal. I think the timing is strange. And I think if you could get DeMar instead of Russell Westbrook and then still possibly end up getting a playmaker like a Rubio or I know Rubio got shipped out, but like a playmaker who is cheaper or like a Dinwiddie who might have wanted to go there. Maybe you've got Dinwiddie and DeMar now. You have $40 million locked up into one guy who cannot shoot. So that's a negative in my opinion. I think Rob Plink is just not that great at his job. Uh, and he really does care more about PR than anything else, which is a very Laker glitz and glam kind of a thing. But they're going to be fucking exciting. All of that to say, it's going to be fun. It's going to be electric. You've got triple-double machine. Russell Westbrook has not. Uh, been fully healthy last year, if he has the time to rehab and get completely healthy, I think it's going to be, I think they're right back in it. Is it enough? We'll have to see what kind of shooters they get because that's going to be important. So we'll see. Uh, apparently the good news though is that Bleacher Report is is putting out that a lot of veterans are willing to take almost no money to play for the Lakers on a discount because they want to win with LeBron. So congratulations to LA continue to doing LA things. Fuck you. All right. So now the real draft. Uh, winners. Winners. Uh, I've got, I'm going to, sh- should I just say them and then we'll just go over them? Let's do this. Yeah. yeah let's go. I'm going to say them and then we'll go over why. I've got my winners are Detroit, Charlotte, Atlanta, Houston, Brooklyn, Wizards, Pacers, Orlando, and an asterisk around Oklahoma City for a joke. Who are your winners? Uh, that's kind of, yeah, I, I, I didn't prepare a list, but yeah, no, like Atlanta, definitely, uh, Detroit with what they did. Charlotte, Charlotte, huge. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, you probably covered all of mine that I would have put on my list. Let's talk about Detroit first. I mean, God damn, Troy Weaver. He is good. He's good at his job. Oh yeah. Troy Weaver is going to be an executive of the year very soon. I think Cade Cunningham, that was an obvious pick. But the way that he did it, he kept us all waiting. He didn't do it like New Orleans did with Zion and with AD, where it was like, we've decided. It's already chosen. There is no other thing. He was leaving the door open for other deals to come in. A lot of suspense. All of the eyes were on Detroit. Because once Detroit decides who they're going to take, then the world moves on. We're still deciding, waiting. What is Detroit going to do? All right. So then he took the person he wanted the whole time, right? And then... In the second round, JT Thor at 37, a guy widely thought to be a first-round talent. Then, my favorite, we talked about this the other day, Isaiah Livers at 42, snaked Portland. Portland moved into the second round just like I thought they would. Mm -hmm. Trying to get Isaiah Livers at 43, and they fucking snaked him at 42. Another first-round talent if he wouldn't have broken his foot. Right. And then to top it off, people are sleeping on this. And now I don't think he would have ever been like, he's not a go-to guy and he's not like an immediate like contributor, contributor, but Luca Garza at 52. I fucking love too. I like that. At 52. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I I, I don't think he's going to be anything in the league, but at 52. Yeah, sure. Naismith award winner, college player of the year. Like who knows? Who knows? Um, so they got the number one consensus overall, two consensus first rounders before the college season started and the NCAA player of the year. In one draft and coming off of a 2020 draft that everyone gave it an A plus where they got Killian Hayes, Isaiah Stewart, Sadiq Bay, and nine of their 20 wins last year were against playoff teams. Yeah, they were the only team that had two uh, two players on uh, all rookie teams. Just wild. Yeah, I think my prediction time <laughs> prediction time. I think Detroit ends up making the play-in tournament next year. I think they could pull out like an easily a 9 or a 10 seed, like what Indiana did last year. They'll come in. Who knows? Maybe they'll be rocky. Maybe they'll be like Charlotte was last year, where they just all all of a sudden kind of rise at the end. They're popping around 6-7. They fall, and then now they're sneaking into the play-in. Play what do you think? Uh, I mean, I think it all comes down to Cade. Like, if Cade has that rookie of the year level year that we all know he's capable of, and I I, I mean, if I had to pick right now who's going to be rookie of the year, that's who I'm taking, uh, then, yeah, then they're going to be right there. All right. Charlotte. Oh, my Lord. Huge. They just keep... 
They just keep getting players they shouldn't get. <laughs> LaMelo should not have been there last year. Should not have been there. Book night should not have been there. Yeah, I mean, that was the weirdest fall of the draft to me. Like, that uh, that just kept saying, like, okay, What's why going are they on? passing on it? Like, especially the Sa- Sacramento passing on him and taking uh, uh, Mitchell. That was That was very bizarre. Bizarre. Yeah. Two guys that should have been Warriors are now Hornets. And the Warriors passed on book night to get a guy that's going to contribute like in 2030. I mean, <sighs> like it's just it's just gross. The Hornets have an embarrassment of riches at multiple positions. Mm-hmm. They've got way too many guards. And like we've got uh, Devontae Graham, who's a restricted free agent. They could sign and trade him for something. Yeah. You've got Malik Monk, who's a restricted free agent, who you could sign and trade him for something. I think they'll bring him back, but yeah. You think so? I think. Just because Matt, uh, Michael Jordan wants to keep his own guys? Yeah. Okay. Then they get Mason Plumley to add depth to the front court from Detroit. And they get Kai Jones by trading back into the first round. Like, this is ab- absurd levels. You do not think of this. When you think of the Charlotte Hornets. No, you don't. And like Kai, for them to be able to get Book Knight and Kai Jones, I mean, Kai Jones was mocked to them like at 11. Yeah. Like in a, like, like a shit ton of drill. Like, like if they'd have just, if they'd have taken, I mean, with Book Knight on the board, it would have been different. But like, say Book Knight was off the board and they just take Kai Jones there. No one's calling that a bad pick. No. And they're able to get both of them. Like, okay. And like, I, I really think like with LaMelo, a guy like Kai Jones is super valuable. Like guys that can, Run, run, catch, and dunk. Like, and he can do that. Yeah, like I, I love their draft. I love their draft. I love their draft. All of that to say, the world, myself included, should be discussing how good Mitch Kupchak is. Yeah, not only at evaluating talent, going and getting talent, but the most impressive thing of all is finagling Genie Bus to do what he wants to fucking do and not what she wants to fucking do, and Michael Jordan to do what he wants to do instead of what Michael Jordan wants to do. Because we know the owner's instincts are bad, mm-hmm. mostly. And Mitch Kupchak just continues to grind and make moves. And by the way, his trades have been amazing too. Yeah, like and, we, and we haven't even talked about Miles Bridges. No. Yeah. And he's, I mean, this team has a bright, bright future. I cannot say enough about the Detroit Pistons and the Charlotte Hornets being like my league pass teams of the year again. Yeah, Charlotte's going to be so fun Charlotte's again. Charlotte's going to be yeah. so fun. Atlanta. How the fuck did Atlanta <laughs> have a good draft? It's crazy. He managed to get a playoff team so loaded. He's been great, too. That team is so loaded, they have to get rid of Cam Reddish because they just don't have enough money to pay enough guts. Right. So they're shopping him because they have Herder and Collins and, I mean, so many young guys. And then they get Jalen Johnson at 20, a guy a lot of people had going higher. Supposedly, red flags turned him from a lottery pick to a steal at 20. I don't know what those red flags were, but I trust Travis Link. Schlenk said this about Jalen Johnson. We had him much, ranked much higher than 48. We got pretty excited when, he saw, when we saw him there uh, late. Just a really good playmaker, good with the ball in his hands, very good passer, pushes tempo, has the ability to get to the foul line, He's an extremely talented player, great size, great raw skills, rebounds, defense, obviously had some issues at Duke in high school as well. Shooting. Shooting. Yeah, shooting. (laughs) And then they end up getting Sharif Cooper at 48. Yeah. ESPN number four guard in the draft went to 48. A wild final season at Auburn. I guess he had recruiting questions and an ankle injury. But he's a steal. I like him a lot. Yeah, I mean, he averaged like 20 and 8. Like, people don't average 8 assists in college very often. <laughs> like, there's, yeah, there's something that I, I think he's a great spell for Trey. I yeah. mean, I mean, he, even if that's all they drafted him for, which, I mean, he was a second-round pick, so that probably is what they drafted him with that in mind. Think about that Trey Young ankle injury, mm-hmm. and then you think Sharif Cooper comes in instead of Lou Williams, because Lou Williams, who knows what's happening with Lou Williams. Right. If he retires, if he does it, who knows? And now you have Sharif Cooper to come in off the bench and step in if Trey Young gets hurt or if he needs a breather. 
Yeah. And he's from that area too. I don't know exactly where he's from, but I mean, Auburn's like right by Atlanta. Like he's, he's, he's going to be comfortable. Yeah. No, I, uh, that's probably my favorite second round pick by a wide margin. How does a team like Atlanta who made the Eastern Conference finals actually get better in the draft? I just, I just don't know. I just don't know. Uh, Houston, I don't like this organization. (laughs) I just don't. I don't think, uh, that, Tillman for Tid is a very good owner, but he is getting out of the way. Uh, they had a stellar draft. They got the no-brainer, Jalen Green, who pretty much num- everybody wanted at number two. Yep. Then they go and trade up for Alperin Shangun at number 16. And I think that was a brilliant move because he's going to be able to develop for three to five years before anyone even wonders what he's up to. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they've got bigs like they, he's not going to be asked to do too much too quickly. Yeah, by any, Yeah. And then he was at, at one point ranked as high as number one in the draft by ESPN Plus, <laughs> which is wild. And then Usman Garuba fell into their lap at 23. Ten spots below where some people thought he would land. Garuba may never score in the NBA and then it just may not even matter. Again, another guy who's not going to be expected to do shit. Like, Houston's not going to win probably anytime soon, and that's okay. Raphael Stone called Usman Garuba the best defender in the world outside the NBA, and he's only 19. So is he like a, he is a more eager, coachable, international version, because we're not going to call Ben Simmons an international player. Like, I don't care. I'm not going to call him that. They're a more, he's a more eager, coachable version of Ben Simmons. Just a defender. He doesn't need to shoot. He knows his role. He's not trying to play point guard. And then they get Josh Christopher at 24, who I didn't know a ton about, but his tape looks good. Yeah, I mean, McDonald's All-American, ASU, yeah. ASU puts out great guards. So still, you overall have to say a team that was absolute hot trash vomit got four of the top 24 picks in this draft and three players rated in the top 20, and that's pretty fucking good. And they're all guys that have at least a thin veil of excitement surrounding them. Like, you could get a guy at, like, 22, 23 that, like, eh, that you're kind of lukewarm on. I don't think any of those guys, like, if you're a Rockets fan, I don't think you're lukewarm on any of these four guys. I think you're excited. Like, like they yeah. could be stars. Mm-hmm. Like, they, all of them have legit potential, and they're all like, wow, I like their upside. I like their upside. Um, a sneaky pick, a sneaky team that won is like you get rid of Brooklyn. Brooklyn gets rid of Landry Shaman on draft night to Phoenix, which you've got to be excited about. Oh, I love it. I love it. I mean, I mean, it's actually kind of funny because James Jones, he always gets ripped for ripped for his draft picks. Even the ones that pan out like Cam Johnson, like everyone hated that. And he was just like, OK, how about we just like See. not make a draft pick? But yeah, no, I mean, swapping 29, which. We all know doesn't have a whole lot of value. Uh, 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 Javon Carter, who I like, I really like that. I'm going to miss him in Phoenix, but he wasn't getting minutes in the playoffs. And uh, you get a guy that has like six, seventh man potential, like come off the like the bench spell. You know, our guards. Who knows what happens with campaign if campaign's going right. to be out the door? So yeah. if he leaves, then you have somebody to come in and get some reasonable minutes right away. And yeah. He has playoff experience. I really like Landry Schmidt. He can fucking fill it up from three. Yeah, yeah. No, n- another great trade for James Jones. So then, yeah. okay, Brooklyn gets rid of Landry Schmidt, and you're like, all right, well, the backcourt had some issues with injuries. We're not really sure where Joe Sy stands on Kyrie Irving. I'm sure he'll stick around, but who knows? They have to pay all these guys soon. And they get at 27, Cam Thomas. My guy. Cam Thomas is going to get some burn. He is going to be a quote unquote rising player in the middle of next year where you're going to be like, Cam Thomas is balling, balling off the bench. Yeah, no, he's going to have a chance to, you know, sneak into one of the all rookie teams for sure. I mean, he has an argument for being the best ISO player in the entire draft, and he gets to go practice with Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and James Harden like every single day. I love it. And you know what? Sometimes people get not what they want, but what they need. Like Cam Thomas thought he was going to be a top 15 guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cam Thomas was fucking pissed last night. Yeah, during the season, he was definitely thought of as a lottery guy. He slipped in the pre-draft process. For sure. And I'm not sure why he fell so 
far, so fast. It might have just been about like need and fit. Like not everybody's as dumb as Sacramento, right? Not everybody's taking guards when they don't need them. Yeah. To I Sacramento. It, I think it was an interview thing and people were worried like, oh, he doesn't. Below the rim guy. Guys that, well, guys that don't play defense, I think you just generally have like a worry about them. Like, oh, do they really like care about this? And then if a guy like that then goes and doesn't perform well in interviews, then you really start thinking that. And I think that's probably what he ran into. And you know, the Brooklyn Nets don't give a fuck about guys that play defense. Yeah, they don't need to. They yeah. don't need to. Their philosophy is exactly what your philosophy, Marty, would be <laughs> if you were his GM. We just score <laughs> thousands of points more than you and that is what they're gonna get in cam thomas and he's gonna now get to be in one of the best situations for him to grow and develop his game as a fucking bucket i love this for him he's not gonna get paid as much but who cares you're gonna go and play with Kyrie, kd and james harden and they're gonna turn you into a little monster and then they're gonna ship you out just like they did landry shamet you're gonna have a real opportunity to get some fucking star player minutes Cam Thomas, you should be excited. Yes. You're going to Brooklyn, and you're probably going to get a ring in your first or second year. Wizards, so counterintuitive. But Tommy Shepard, to me, made it easier for the Wizards to actually, uh, how would I put this, look themselves in the mirror by not trading Bradley Beal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Once Scotty Brooks got fired, you knew that Russell Westbrook was going. Because this this is the deal. Russell Westbrook came back from a quad injury that he really shouldn't have come back from. Like, he should not have gritted through that. He should not have done that. And he decided that he was going to try to do... It was actually commendable what he did. I am going to do everything that I can to get this team into the playoffs and save my favorite coach's job. And once he was not able to do that... Because we thought like, oh, well, Russell Westbrook's timeline on his contract will play out exactly with the extension of Scotty Brooks. And then Russell Westbrook will be a free agent and will and cut ties with Scotty Brooks. And Russell Westbrook was and still is Bradley Beal's favorite teammate he's ever had. So, OK, <laughs> Russell Westbrook does get them into the playoffs. They lose and they don't save Scotty Brooks's job. And you at that point have to know it's a wrap. Yeah, I mean, it felt that way. Yeah. All right. So you're going to get rid of him anyway. And now you get back the number 22 pick Montrez Harrell, who I like, who's a young guy who can still do things. He hasn't been utilized to the best of his ability. He's only making $10 million a year. He opts in. You get Kuzma and KCP who aren't great. We'll say, but you can flip them. They're already looking to flip them again. And you get the number 22 pick who they end up getting. Uh, who do they pick at 22? They got Isaiah Jackson yeah. at that at that spot. Isaiah Todd at 31 because they traded the number 22 pick to Indiana uh, for Aaron Holiday. Yeah, that's right. And they end up getting Aaron Holiday to be in the backcourt with Bradley Beal. Yeah. They did a bad job on the draft, like broadcast, by the way, of explaining these they trades. They did. Super bad. They did. Like. Enough where I'm like, okay, I've got to now research this on my own. you got to be on Twitter like in order to really understand what's going on. The, the NFL does the draft way better. They do. Yeah. And then at 15, they get Corey Kispert, who we know is going to fill in for Davis Bertans, right? Like, you know that means Davis Bertans is getting moved. Like, right? That's yeah. what you thought, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's... I love the draft because in if you're plugged all the way in... Like, there's such funny shade. Like, you can interpret, Always. like, what that means. Like, I saw the Toronto Raptors take Scotty Barnes, and I'm like, well, see you later, Pascal Siakam. Yeah, I mean, we got it. We got We're going to talk about, talk that, about that for sure. Yeah. For sure. So, Corey Kispert, a Joe Harris kind of guy, four years of Gonzaga, can fill it up. He's going to be able to get so many open threes that Davis Bertans just decided not to make. And Davis Bertans is fucking gone. No. Send him to Dallas where they want him anyway. Great hair. Corey Great Kispert. hair. Great Corey hair. Kispert. Yeah. It's a win. It's a win. So then you got Holiday, Beal, Kispert. I just like it. I like it. You went from a complete rebuild to like, I don't know, like something. Yeah. Something. You got, you, you've got players that you can be excited about. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Plus you've got uh, Rui Hachimura. Rui Hachimura is going to get tougher with Montrezl Harrell. 
You know that? Yeah. Montrose Hero will eat Rui Hachimura for breakfast if he doesn't get tough. <laughs> like he will literally devour him whole. So yeah, they're going to trade Kuzma. And now the interesting thing is that Spencer Dinwiddie wants to play with Bradley Beal. He has said, okay, I'm willing to come here. So Aaron Holiday will be off the bench. Spencer Dinwiddie will be with Beal. And he also said, hey, I'm also going to recruit some guys to this team. DC is a fun city, district, whatever. I live there. It's awesome. If they can find some guys to come, who knows? Maybe they don't even need to trade Bradley Beal. That's an optimist point of view. Pacers. I think Pacers won. I think they won just based around taking Duarte. It was a no-brainer. Warriors wanted that pick so bad. Yeah. They snaked the Warriors. The Warriors are now still trying to get Duarte from the Pacers. Like, that's what the new news is. We'll talk about it in the losers section. They got Isaiah Jackson at 22, which I love because Miles Turner, that means Miles Turner's out. Like, you saw that and you're like, oh, a little more athletic guy than Miles Turner. Okay. <laughs> I see what's happening. I see what's happening. Carlisle's like, get these motherfuckers out. Aaron Holiday's gone. So I like that. Uh, did you like the, what the Pacers did getting him? I thought they were going to take Moody. Guess not. Yeah. Guess not. I like I, I like Duarte. It's just I mean he's I mean he's what well, he's like twenty four years old, right? <laughs> I like him a lot. I, mean, I like I like him too. That, that that that's not me saying like I don't think he he'll be good or or he can't be good. I just thought Moody was the more uh, upside player, but a lot of people were passing on him too. So they're. For sure. Must be something going on. First, yeah. I think there's some. I mean, he went to pick right after, right? Yeah, he yeah. did. He went to the Warriors. Yeah. But now the Warriors are trying to ship Moody out, too, and no one's taking him. So something's up with Moody. Something's up with uh, Kaminga. Something's up with them. <laughs> All right, Orlando. Getting Suggs into their laps and them not. All you have to do is just not fuck that up. A lot of people were scared because, like, you have Cole Anthony. You have Michael Carter-Williams. You've got... um. Markel Fultz, Markel Fultz yep. coming off an of injury. You've got uh, Terrence Ross. You've got a plethora of guards. And if you were a dumb person or a dumb organization, which they are, you would just not take them. You would take somebody of need. And they just, oh, man, I'm loving that. I love that. <laughs> they could have taken Franz. I mean, who knows? Yeah, I mean, I, if you're picking top five, I think it's stupid to pick based on need because if you're in the top five, you suck. So like you should, unless it's like a trade. So like you, you shouldn't be thinking about need. You should be thinking about who's the best player I can take. That's going to make the biggest impact. And then for a guy that, I mean, everyone talking about this, the biggest thing about this draft was like, we knew who the top four guys were. Like we knew who the top four guys were and they're picking five. They're like the ones like, like creeping out the window. Like, Oh, Oh, that stinks. We like just missed out. And then one of them just falls right in your lap. You got to take them. Suggs is going to be right in the middle of the conversation for Rookie of the Year. It's going to be him and Cade back and forth. He's going to get a shit, I think so. shitload of minutes. And now Orlando's able to trade guys that they thought that they needed. Oh, man, it's going to be great. It changes the free agent market, too, because now they get to trade guys. Because the, there's so many point guards that are going to be available. Because they have like six point guards, <laughs> six yeah. guards that they can get rid of. And then they take Franz Wagner at eight, which I think is kind of gross. Uh, but there was a lot of guys there that you could have grabbed at eight. You could have gotten, you could have gotten, uh, what's that kid's name? Book night at eight. Yeah. I would have loved that, which was supposed to be who they were going to take at five. Right. So you take book night. That would have been, you could have taken Shangoon on a flyer. You could have taken, I mean, there's a lot of options. Wagner's the guy who I just have the least amount of excitement exactly. for. Like maybe in the entire draft and like, maybe it's because of his brother, for Maybe sure. it's just like the the Euro thing that like my brain is still just like programmed to think that those guys are going to be terrible. I just I don't know. I think he'll be uh, he'll be meh. Yeah, he'll be meh. Maybe maybe he'll be something. Maybe he'll turn into Vooch. They did. They did get Vooch. So they do know something. He's not big like he's Vooch, not though. big like, like Vooch. I'm not into it. Yeah. I'm not into it. <laughs> Listen, I'm trying to convince myself and I'm not into it. Oklahoma City. This is why this is why they're winners. Because Oklahoma City was not intending on getting better. <laughs> like, they don't <laughs> want to win anytime soon. No. So they take Josh Giddy and then they punt. That's what you do. You take more picks. You just accumulate picks as much as you can. Them taking on Derek Favors <laughs> for a future first-round pick was like, okay— I know what they are now from the from the number one seed in the NBA this year. Correct. <laughs> Correct. They're like, 
yeah, let's do this. This is what they are. There are two kinds of, there's two analogies that I think of them as. One, they are the recycling scrapyard where they say, okay, you've got a car, you've got a luxury car that's just a little too old, a little too expensive, a money suck. Pay us to take that car and we're either going to fix that car up or we're going to sell it off for parts and get picks in return for it. Oh, you got a 2008 LR2? Costing you a little bit too much to maintain? We'll take it off your hands. Just give us $6,000 and uh, we'll turn that baby around for another $6,000. Or another analogy that I have is that they're like the guy who has no interest in actually going on any dates, don't want to pay for any dates, but they just want phone numbers. They just want to put like a whole sticky note on their (laughs) wall of all the phone numbers that they accumulate. Girls that they could have. Like girls that they, if they wanted, they could date. And then they sell those phone numbers to other people for more phone numbers. Like they don't actually want, they don't actually want to date anyone ever. They never want to get married. They just want numbers and the potential for more numbers. That's them. Do you get what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, they just keep. At some point, they've got to like want to win, right? I mean, they're playing they're playing a super long game. They're doing exactly what the like Sixers did and what kind of Phoenix did, but they're doing it to like a way bigger extent, just accumulating assets. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like and they're, they're talking about trading Shea too. Like, yes. Yeah, like, <laughs> by the way, Shea was another one of the um, the Mitch Kupchak drafts. By the way, he picked him up. Uh, that was a Charlotte Hornet draft pick. Yes, sir. Yeah, that was traded to Oakley, uh That was traded to LA Clippers, and then to, and then to yeah. Gotcha. Anyway, um, yeah, they just don't ever want to be good. They don't. They have to. They're going to trade Shea because they don't want to be good. So I mean, they're going to be good in like twenty thirty five. They changed the NBA changed the rules because they were literally like, "Give us your twenty forty five first rounder," <laughs> like. <laughs> They're like, dude, we don't even know if the if the planet will be available then. Like, we're not even right. sure. Global warming and dinosaurs and like COVID. We're going to get like the COVID zebra variant by the time Oklahoma City's any good. It's crazy. It's crazy. But that's them winning. That's them being winners. Let's talk about losers. Man, the Cavs. The, so let's just go through them. I've got Cavs, Kings, Raptors, Sixers. Warriors. Do you agree? Uh, Cavs, maybe I'm not like I'll as tell you big why. on you. Okay. All right. Let's hear it. All right. Uh, Rapt- Raptors, 100%. 100%. That's, that, that, that's one of the worst picks that I can remember Imagine in a while. remembering. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was like Masai. Masai, is Masai leaving? I'm like, is Masai trying to fuck the Raptors? Like since that's the worst I felt about a top five pick since Bagley, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. I was like, wow, I guess they're keeping Lowry. That's all I could think of is like, you yeah. have to be keeping loud. Who else are you going to get? Has to be what it is. It's like a six. Like, uh, I don't, I, I don't know. So, okay. Cavs. This is the reason that it's bad. The Cavs took Mobley, which everyone knew was like part of that top four. Right. Yeah. And everyone thought that they would do it. But here's the problem. As Chris Fedor said, there was some incorrect chatter about the Cavs meeting with and working out Evan Mobley prior to the draft. Kobe Altman said that this was a unique process and they never had the opportunity to talk to Evan Mobley or work him out at all during the pre-draft process. They never spoke with or met with their first round pick. I would say that's not great. Especially given the fact that the Warriors were willing to give you the seven and the 14 and probably Wiseman, who's we know what he is compared to Mobley. We know at least he has gotten some NBA minutes and probably Wiggins for that pick and some things. Right. And you've got Jared Allen, who you love, Mm -hmm. that's going to ask for the tune of one hundred and ten million dollars. So the fit's not there. The love's not there. Like, I mean, not I'm talking about Kevin Love. That's not even a pun. Like, the love between... He didn't even want to fucking meet with you. 
Yeah. He didn't want to work out for you. He didn't want to meet with you. And you just picked him anyway because you're like, because you well, fucking you, have to come here. Well, yeah. I mean, you, I think that's silly to pass on guys because they didn't work out. But I try, mean, to that, tr- try to trade for him. Try to try to trade that pick. If he doesn't want to meet with you and there's a lot of value, people are saying that Evan Mobley could be one of the blah, 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 blahs. You I know mean, what I mean? That's the I mean I mean that's the Sacramento mentality. That's why they took Bagley because he's the only one that worked out with them and wanted to meet with them. That's why they took him over Luca. I I I don't so necessarily yeah. agree with you that that's a reason to not take a guy. Yeah, we'll see. But I think needs there as well. Like, what do you do now with Jared Allen? I think Mobley's ceiling is much higher than Jared Allen's. As much as I like Jared. So Allen. does Jared Allen now get traded? Sign and trade. I mean, probably not. You're probably going to see what you have with both of them. Yeah, I mean, they're not trying to win this year. No, they're not. Yeah, <laughs> they're not trying to win. They're like a wor- I mean, they're a worse version of Oklahoma City. They have no ability to like accumulate picks except for the lottery that they're in. Uh, but I mean, I just don't trust anything that they do. No, 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 no. Of course, this isn't me saying like, oh, they were like really yeah. strategic and like shrewd during this draft. But I, I think taking Mobley at three was the right call. I think if you could get but seven and seven and 14 or take Suggs. And trade fucking Colin Sexton's little bull ass and move him out. I like Suggs more than I like Mobley. If you have Jared Allen, I know you've said that he's more upside, but like, all if you all have, if you only have YouTube on this guy, he's not even willing to answer his phone. I just don't know. Cleveland, 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 <laughs> Kings, Kings doing Kings things consistently. God. Kings, Kings, you are trash. You are so bad. You are so bad at everything that you do. Everything you do, just when you pull me in and I think maybe you're changing, you do the thing that you're known to do. You got Tyrese Halliburton and I'm like, okay, yes. You're telling me you're getting rid of Marvin Bagley and I'm like, okay. You're saying, hey, we want to get rid of Luke Walton, but we just can't right now. Okay. You're going to move Buddy Heal because he's making too much money. Okay. You like Rashawn Holmes. You got outbid. You got outbid. You like Rashawn Holmes, best roller in the league. Okay, and then you take Davion Mitchell, who is six feet tall at the very most, when you have Fox and Halliburton and Heald and Harrison Barnes, and you don't need him. No, and then, like that's not even a guy that you could call like a combo guard that could play. But he's a, he, he he's he a point guard. He can't defend anyone other than the shortest guy on the team. Like he's he he's a one, and he is a one. Yeah. And you already have another couple of ones. Yeah. Like Tyrese Halliburton is a one. Like your two biggest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your two biggest pieces are like ones, ones that could like maybe pass as combo guards. But like this, you, you draft someone that's like locked into that position. And uh, so what are you planning on doing? Are you planning on starting or or playing Damian Mitchell off the bench when you had you had book night right there? You had. Right. Like, like if you wanted to go guard, you like fucked up and took like, yeah, the like, wrong it's just guard. Right. Like, take yeah. Zaire Williams, maybe take. I mean, I just don't understand it just does not unless you're fucking getting rid of fox and we don't even know about it then that's i don't understand why would you get rid of fox i don't know what you're doing what you're doing yeah no i i mean they're just they're absolute morons they just they they don't know what they're doing that's the most maybe in all sports just the most rundown franchise it just doesn't – I mean, you're just like, make it make sense. The, apparently, also earlier in that day, they turned down – or earlier earlier in the week, excuse me, they turned down getting rid of Bagley for fucking Jonas Valanciunas. They could have just given up that nine pick, which let's say they already did. They punted on nine by taking Davion Mitchell. But you could have had Jonas Valanciunas and, and left Marvin Bagley by the wayside, which you know he doesn't even want to be there. And they passed up on that. Yeah, I didn't hear about that. And you would have had 17 – and Jonas Valanciunas, and you probably would have gotten the same exact guy. Davion Mitchell might have been there at 17. What are you <laughs> fucking doing? Raptors, what are you doing? Raptors, what are you doing? Why would you pass on Suggs? What the fuck are you doing? <sighs> I was yeah. so shocked. I know that there was chatter about them liking long, athletic, versatile guys that could switch everything. I know that's a thing in Toronto. But like, Suggs is the guy. You locked your way into four by having a tremendously awful year in Tampa Bay in a COVID year. And the ping pong balls rewarded you for all of those Tampa Bay fans booing you at your home games. And you take Scotty fucking Barnes. 
Scotty Barnes, who is the second coming of Ben Simmons. I mean, like, they'd be lucky if he turns into that. It's just, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got Suggs right there who's as polished as a 19-year-old could be. you're going to get, really. I mean, like, as I mean, I've already said it's the most shocked I've been for a top five pick since Bagley. Like, you've got the guy that you never thought was going to be there. I mean, well, I mean, I mean, you, you've got the guy that's right there that everyone was slotted that like you shouldn't it was get just so Suggs. obvious who to pick and they just blew it like to me that means that there's an issue between nick nurse and masai because i don't think nick nurse wants a guy that can't shoot nick nurse has written an entire book about shooting he's not gonna want this project yeah i mean it just it it, it doesn't make sense from a basketball standpoint it doesn't make sense from a roster construction standpoint it just i i I would love to hear whoever had final call really defend it and just see what they say. Tell me what I, you say. Yeah, I, I I don't know. And at that point, like you must really hate Pascal Siakam. There must really be something with him in the locker room and Nick Nurse because he must have to go. I don't think they play together. People on Twitter were like, "Tristy, you're a fucking idiot." They can play together. Can they play together? I don't know. Can they? You have you have a point guard problem. Kyle Lowry, are they tr- are they going to keep Kyle? I don't know. Are they going to keep Kyle Lowry, thirty seven <laughs> years old? He's going to get thirty million. Are they just going to give him like a thank you for your service, thirty million three 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 year do- deal for ninety five million? This free agency is going to be so juicy, so like- juicy. Also, if they do keep Kyle Lowry, <sighs> Pelicans. What are you up to? What are you going to do now? (laughs) I can't wait. You're going to end up with Josh Hardigan and Lonzo Ball and be back in the same spot. Sixers, you couldn't trade Ben Simmons. And for that, you have failed. Yeah. And for that, you have failed. I promise you, the Raptors love Scotty Barnes. That means they probably love, (laughs) that means they probably love Ben Simmons. What do you do then? Like, you probably could have gotten that number four pick. Yeah, maybe. Um, if if they're taking Scotty Barnes, right, at four, and you say, hey, do you think Scotty Barnes is, has a better upside than Ben Simmons? They're going to say no. He's an all-star right now. Okay. And we'll give you a Kyle Lowry for on a sign-in. Like, maybe you give him the rights. I know you can't trade Kyle Lowry right now because of, like, rules. But maybe you trade Pascal Siakam for Ben Simmons and the number four pick. And now you've got a guy who can shoot in Suggs and you got Pascal Siakam. That would be a hell of a deal. If you're this, if you're Daryl Morey, you do that deal. Do you not? Yeah, probably. I mean, I, I mean, I did. I think they're talking to just about everybody. And if, you know, if the deal's not there, the deal's not there. It, 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 it's such, it's such a weird thing. I have no problem with them being in the losers. Cause it just doesn't seem like they really know what to do with them. They don't know what to do with Ben, and they also didn't really do much to get a guard. I like Springer. I think Springer is a chance. He's okay, but like they need someone that's a bucket now. Yeah, and everybody's going after Lowry, and it's like who? There's a lot of people who aren't going to get him. You can only play for one team, right? Uh, Golden State fam. All of the news, all of the news pre-draft was Draymond, Draymond, Steph, and Clay all got together and they said, "Hey." Please don't take any guys in this draft. Please get us someone who can contribute right away. We need some help. We don't need guys who are 18, 19 years old. We are in our 30s. We have already won championships. We are not in in the mood. (laughs) We're not in the mood to develop anyone new. We need to win now. And instead of trading those picks, they take some suspect-ass guys. Kaminga at seven. And Moses Moody at 14. And now they're lying to us. Now they're lying. Now they're lying (laughs) to us. This is the Warriors are still saying that they're the Warriors are still. This reporting says that they're still actively trying to acquire Chris Duarte. According to Jay Michael from the Indy Star, league sources tell Indy Sports that the Warriors are trying to get the Pacers to part ways with Duarte offering Moody plus other assets. They're not budging right now. Duarte was the pick that they wanted to top of their board. And the Warriors are saying that wasn't true. <laughs> we didn't want him. We didn't want Duarte. The fact that he wasn't there uh, 
Moses, Moses Moody, even if Duarte was there, we would have taken Moses Moody no matter what. And it's like, that's a lie. That is a lie. <laughs> and then in the middle of the draft, there were talks that they were trying, first of all, all the way down to like the end of the clock, Golden State was trying, you could tell, trying to move number seven, trying to move number seven, trying to move number 14. It's like 30 seconds left on the clock. They take Kaminga because they think, in my opinion, they think Kaminga has value as a trade piece like two days from now. Yeah, I mean, definitely the biggest trade value there just because of his upside. Right. So then they try to move him midway through the draft with 14 and with blah, blah, blah to maybe somebody at eight or nine to slide in. And they can't do that. Then they try to move Moses Moody. Nobody's taking that. Like the Warriors are, I think, for who they are, like Sacramento's a big loser, but they're always a loser. Like we think that the Warriors should be back into contention. And maybe Kaminga, everybody online is mad too. All the Golden State Warriors beat reporters are like, this is fucking free Steph. He's fucking in prison. They just want Steph to be Batman all the time and do all these heroics and then be in the eight seed playing the play-in tournament again. Like, this is fucked. This is fucked. Yeah, I mean, you have to imagine they're moving one or more of these guys. I mean, mean, there's no way that they're going to have Moody, Kaminga, and Wiseman all getting minutes next year. That, 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 I mean, I guess they may, but that that just does not seem like something that they should be doing. Your like, mood is exactly yeah. like my mood. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. yeah. Could have had Book Knight, didn't draft him. Could have had have reached for Duarte, didn't. Bob Meyer said this after the draft. Well, obviously, we have to also add through free agency. We're going to have to also get some older guys. I mean, you fucking think, Bob Myers? Leagues ahead. Leagues ahead. The world. The world is, I said this on Twitter. Today, yesterday is maybe the day where we all step back and say, I think we need to reevaluate how good Bob Myers is. I mean, I've always thought that. that, that I, I knew when he said that that was the most obnoxious and stupid quote of all time when he said, oh, as a front office, we're leagues ahead. OK, yeah, you got lucky because the cap was weird one year. You were able to sign the best player in the league to add to uh Two time, they had one two, but like a, a team that had been to the finals two straight years, and yeah, okay, yeah, your league's ahead. You just figured it out. You shifted everything. Just no, fuck off. Like you signed Kevin Durant, which let's be honest, that's a Jerry West thing. You didn't move Clay Thompson, even though you wanted to. Joe Lacob and you wanted to move Clay Thompson, and Jerry West was like, "Hold on now, don't do that, don't." We don't want Kevin Love. Don't do that. Yeah. No, no. So what have you done since he's left? Not much. Not a fucking thing. Yeah. I have a tweet going back the day Ryan McDonough was fired. I tweet. I, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I tweeted if Bob Myers wanted the GM job right now, I wouldn't give it to him. Absolutely not. Yeah. 2018. 2018. Surprises. Josh Primo at 12. We talked about him having a huge upside. Uh, but also I would say not that much upside. Not 12. That 12's, 12's high. I mean, that's a, that's a Cam Johnson level reach, which I mean, that panned out, but so this one, I, yeah, I mean, like, I'm not saying it won't, but that, yeah, that shocked me. Shocked me. That was just about as shocking as, as the Raptors not taking Jalen Suggs. It was like very close. It was like the next shot, most shocking thing. Yeah. Where I was like, wow. With less implications, but yeah, no, I was, I was shocked. But at the same time, like the Spurs do things that I have no idea about. And then they work out like they got DeJounte Murray at what, like 27, 28. They got, um, Derek White Derek was, late. White was yeah. late. They know how to draft. They do. And at the end of the day, like I'm not as good as RC Buford and I'm just going to punt. Like, whereas the Sacramento Kings don't get any grace. Right. San Antonio Spurs get a lot of grace. Yeah. Jared Butler to the Jazz at 40. Also huge surprise. Jazz might have gotten the steal of the draft. Yeah, I mean, that's a guy that uh, that there had to have been something going around in all his pre-draft stuff. Yeah. So basically, he has a heart condition. That's right, that's right. Has that's a right. heart condition, but he got cleared. And then once he got cleared, but he had that heart condition, there was additional medical um, testing that needed to happen. Uh, as a part of that whole thing. And then through that medical testing that it was revealed that there were some knee issues. So he ended up falling significantly, but I think this might be one of the best spots for him to go. Jazz needs some guard play. They have some issues with the cap. They're going to move some players out. He's going to get some playing time. He's going to get into the Jordan Clarkson style role. Um, 
and be able to develop without any pressure. Number one team in the NBA last year, and now he gets to be on that squad that has good culture. So I like that. Um, we talked about Cam Thomas already. Io Desunmu to the Bulls at 38. Another guy that fell like 20, 12 to 15 spots lower than yeah. I think he wanted and mm-hmm. what anyone thought. Uh, he has a lot of upside. We talked about that. I like that. A guy from Un- University of Illinois yeah. playing for Chicago. From Chicago. Yeah. I love that. Uh-huh. Where like Kobe White is probably out another four to six months with a torn labrum. The Bulls are going to use him right away. I think it's a great spot for him. You agree? Yeah. No, no, no. I, yeah, I definitely like it, especially with Kobe White. Yeah, his, I don't want to say his future in jeopardy, but his season a little We'll call gray. his future. I think his future is in jeopardy. I don't think the Chicago Bulls particularly like Kobe White. <sighs> they didn't really, they benched him earlier in the season. Like, he turns the ball over. He's an erratic decision maker. I don't think Chicago particularly likes him. Uh, I think that if... Uh, Io Desunmu ends up being a better player, then Kobe White's going to find himself in trouble. I oh, think he's going to find himself in, in real trade risk. Certainly. Yeah. So, no, I like the pit. Uh, let's get into some news around the league. Um, man, this is how you know the Team USA, the powers that be, are the most crotchety, stick up their ass, old school fuckers. I mean, wor- way worse than Europe. Way worse. <laughs> they love themselves some fundamental basketball, boy. Remember this. Remember when Trey Young tweeted that thing out? It was a, the Isaiah Thomas yeah. gif or me, whatever. The video, yeah. The video where it was like, I met the criteria to be selected, but, to be I, selected, wasn't. but I wasn't. When basically Bradley Beal got COVID and then had to be off of Team USA and they chose someone to step in and also Kevin Love left. So they picked JaVale McGee and Keldon Johnson. And Trey Young's like, yo, where is my Team USA invite? Yeah, unreal. Unreal move. So they asked Jerry Colangelo about this. And guess what, Marty? What do you think he said? I'm sorry? Was a bad move? No, I mean, I, I don't know. What he he doubled fucking down. He said, I'm happy that Trey wants to play for USA Basketball. We had him in one of our camps. We know him in USA Basketball. He's done really well in the NBA. But predicated on what we felt we needed, he just didn't fit the bill this time around. He's a young player, has a future with Team USA Basketball, but it was the opinion of our staff, by the way, staff Steve Kerr, Lloyd Pierce, we'll get back to that, uh, that he wasn't a fit for now. It's for others to make the the declaration that you made a mistake. Man. Wow. Okay. So remember, Steve Kerr earlier this year said what Trey Young does is not basketball. Remember that? Yeah. They played, I think Steve Nash said it too. They played, there was like a lot of chatter about Trey Young initiating contact and getting a lot of bullshit calls. Which is the only thing that they're talking about because it pisses them off that he stopped short and gets all those foul calls. They're just mad about it. They're just like, mad. Yeah, yeah. It's like literally you're salty that Trey Young is so little and continues to fucking cook you no matter what you do. He rim runs, he throws lobs, throws floaters. You can't stop him. Step backs, he's too little, there's nothing you can do. And you're like, fuck Trey Young, he's not going to be on our team. Take your own ball and go home. That is shitty. That is shitty to Trey Young. It's obvious. So then Colangelo said more things. Uh... He was not done, not by a long shot. He took the opportunity to also bust toss Kevin Love's uh, ball handling skills. Uh, He was asked if Love was a mistake to add the Team USA roster, and oh boy, (laughs) he did not hold back. He said, I didn't think Kevin Love was going to play. I wasn't even sure he had much left to play. He reached out to us, and he said he was in shape, and he felt he owed us. And on the basis of that, well, you know, being like a 12th man on the roster, well, it didn't work out. He wasn't in shape and he was way behind as it turns out. So you move on. You call it a mistake. Call it giving someone an opportunity, someone who had existing equity with us. Guys who play for us get a little plus. So fat ass Kevin Love was apparently a mistake in Jerry Colangelo's mind. Uh, And now an untradeable asset just gets kicked in the mouth again. But Trey Young, Trey Young doesn't deserve a shot. Just Kevin Love does. <laughs> ugh. Ugh. Gross. Gross. Finally, someone in authority. 
has given us some information on Kawhi. Clippers president Lawrence Frank just came out and gave a fairly dire account of Kawhi's injury. He said this, Kawhi Leonard's recovery is going to take a great deal of time. Right now, our focus is on his health. He had major surgery. He tore his ACL. It's going to require a great deal of time and even more support. Major surgery. Not, this was a partial ACL tear, but it wasn't a partial ACL tear, if that makes sense. Like, part, some partial ACL tears require surgery and some don't. Kawhi's going to be out for a long time. This was full ACL construction. Uh, Lawrence Frank also reiterated that the team wants the relationship to last a very long time. I don't know, Marty. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think he'll probably come in and opt. The do you opt in? He at could that do point? a lot. Of, I mean, I yeah. I mean, I think if you're smart person, you opt in. Yeah. He might finesse the Clippers into giving him like a five year deal, or he's going to bounce in free agency or something. I don't know. Kawhi Leonard has way more power than he deserves, in my opinion. I agree. Way, way more. He's good, but not diva good. Only so many players are diva good. Almost none. Almost, almost none. Yeah, that's all the time that we have for the This League podcast. Uh, please like, please subscribe, please rate and review on Apple and Spotify. Um, we will be back Monday afternoon. The United States has a massive game coming up this Saturday morning at 8 a.m. They play Czech Republic. If they lose that game, they are fucking out. Out. They are all the way out. And you know what? As someone who wants a fucking vacation, fingers crossed, baby. Fingers crossed. All right, Marty, that's all the time we got. Let's uh, let's end this thing. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.